0: Hey, what's good, y'all? Artisan here. Or, Carlos. Or, whatever you know me as. So, before getting into the music topics for this week, um, it, it's kind of minimal what there is to cover, but there are things of substance to talk about before we get into the year-end festivities coming in the next week to this platform. Um, I just want to at least take like two or three minutes to... Briefly talk about something that has nothing to do with music, but it's still of great importance to me. And that being the passing of Virgil Abloh. Um, for those who don't know, Virgil was the CEO of Off-White and the artistic director or creative director. I don't know what the actual term they used was, but, um, he was a director for Louis Vuitton's menswear. And, um, you know, this guy went beyond just being A fashion designer and that's something that i really want to like hammer in for this point um you know it's easy to like just say like okay all he did was like you know design some sweatshirts all he did was um uh design different kinds of apparel and then like the collaborations with nike virgil was like groundbreaking and as barrier-shattering as anybody in art can possibly reach and You know, I myself have like a couple of pieces of Virgil's, um, mainly shoes, but like, I, I don't know if I would be where I am right now with fashion and menswear if not for Virgil. For those who don't know, I'm like heavily into that kind of culture, like the whole hype beast culture and sneaker culture. Like, I, that, that's kind of like my biggest passion behind music. And I acknowledge that that potentially does not happen without Virgil. Granted, it wasn't directly Virgil who got me into uh, this stuff. I I can admit that my biggest influence for um, the, you know, um, streetwear was Kanye West back when Yeezy was initially taking off. And then from there, you know, there's like Travis Scott and um, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell's uh, human race NMDs didn't really get to that level, but those were still very, very important sneakers for my influence and my, like aspirations to be part of this culture um but do they get to where they are without Virgil you know or or even somebody like Jerry Lorenzo who is uh with fear of god does any of that happen without Virgil probably not and you know indirectly I probably don't wear the clothes that I wear wear the sneakers that I wear and have the um the like the in, inspirations in streetwear that I do if it wasn't for Virgil um it car passing by car passing by car passing by thanks bro um you know Virgil is somebody who everybody who wants to like be an entrepreneur and get involved in like creativity and art in some kind of manner Virgil is somebody you can look to for inspiration because what he did was something that needs to be celebrated it was monumental and groundbreaking and you know it, it, it feels once in a lifetime the, the impact that Virgil had so you know rest in peace Virgil condolences and prayers to his family and friends and yeah that was just something that I wanted to get through right now um so music stuff like I said there's not a lot to talk about this week. It was a very very light week. Maybe the lightest week I have personally seen for this platform um, So we got new singles that we're gonna go over from Sick Brain, Of Mice and Men, to Berg, Luna, and Softcult, and then there was one record this week and that being from Eminence So yeah, thanks everybody. Enjoy this chapter. 305. I counted every album and EP from this year that I have either reviewed or I intend to review. It, that includes the four coming up this Friday, December 3rd. And it was 305. What the fuck do y'all got me doing? And I, I shouldn't be blaming y'all because this is my fault. I'm the one that wanted to do this fucking platform in the first place. Um, I... I didn't tally how many exact songs that is or, like, the amount of hours that went into 305. Um, I think the playlist for Ulterior this year is that, like, it's around, like, 4,000 songs. But take into account that not all of those songs are from this year. Some of them are, like, songs that made records this year, but they're not from 2021. They're from, like, 2020 or 2019, whatever. Uh, Some of them are repeats because I don't take out singles when the full records are released. So the only real gauge I have as to like how much time I devoted to Ulterior this year is 305. And so I'm doing the top 50 records of the year in two weeks' time. So 305, that means that the top 16.39% of records from this year are the ones that are going to be discussed on those five episodes. So that was more math than I've had to do since I finished college algebra back in um 2013 yeah actually that's bullshit i had to do a senior seminar course in 2019 for communication where for some fucking reason math was involved and i was like you know this is why i was a communication major so i didn't have to deal with numbers and bullshit and i could just focus on words and whatever um but you know it's not a big deal it is what it is uh can we top 305 in 2022 probably do i want to no, but I, I guess maybe I can try. That can be an actual goal, I guess. And real quick, last housekeeping thing I promise, and so then I'll get into the singles for this week. Um, so this coming week for Ulterior on social media is going to work very differently than it has any week in the past. Um, so this Friday, December 3rd, everything is going up that day. Um, record reviews, single reviews, and scenic overlook are all happening on Friday, December 3rd. And then Saturday and Sunday, I have like special posts planned to kind of like commemorate what I've been doing this whole year. And then Monday, December 6th is when the top 100 songs list countdown begins. And that is what's gonna be happening for the next couple of weeks. And I kind of just wanted to get through that. Um, I, I made a decision about what's going to happen with the records and singles that come out after December 3rd. Um, they're going to be factored into 2022's year-end running. So, the 2022 period will run from December 4th, 2021, through December 2nd, 2022. Cool? Cool. Okay, so singles time. Um, my favorite single from last week actually came from Sick Brain, who I don't believe I've actually, like been able to discuss her on this platform before and now I actually get that chance because she just dropped a new single called Destructible and it is absolutely fucking amazing. Admittedly, I found out about Sick Brain, um, towards the end of last year when she was on the track Gaslight with Maggie Linneman. And I think I covered, or not covered, but like I posted about one of her other singles from this year. It was a track that she did with Skrillex and Sway Lee. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I remember really liking that track. Um, Destructible, though, this song carries with it like so much emotion and the delivery of it from. The kind of like, um, like softer verses that build toward this explosive chorus, it works tremendously well, in my opinion. And I think this is probably my favorite, like, Sick Brain song I've ever heard that is just strictly Sick Brain and nobody else involved. And yeah, I cannot get enough of this song. It is so just catchy and it's really easy to get through. It's a kind of a shorter song, it's like maybe two and a half minutes, something, um, of that nature. And, but like, for a shorter song, just, th- there could not have been more, a- any more effective moments put into this one package than we got through Destructible. So, the week that this episode's dropping, hopefully the week that y'all are listening to this, is the release week for Of My and Men's new album, Echo. Um, I- I'm going to say some things about the rollout for this record uh, after I play the clip. So, they just dropped the, the um not the lead single, title track. Called, well, no shit, it's called Echo. Amazing song. Incredible song. Perfect song, even. Um... Echo continues the trajectory that My Cement have followed all of 2021 in the sense that I think this is a band that just completely reinvented themselves back in January when they signed with Sharptone and dropped Obsolete as the lead single for what was at the time just the timeless EP, but now we know it's the Echo record. Um, uh, With the title track here, Aaron Paulley just once again shows off his incredible range and versatility and just the way that he's able to carry, like, those, uh, the melodic sections so beautifully, and then go into those aggressive screams that I think Aaron is one of the best in the metalcore genre at currently. Um, so Echo is a great, great song. I just... There's something about the album rollout that I think was fine for, like, an experiment. I don't know if I want to see this be done again. So... Uh, for people who don't know, what A and Men did was they dropped a three-song EP in February, and then they followed it up with another three-song EP in May. So, at that point, they have six songs, and I assumed that there was going to be another three-song EP. Instead, there is the full album Echo out this Friday, and by the time I have the record with me, there will only be one new song on there, and you know... This is like a discussion for another time, but I do, to some extent, appreciate having new material from Of Ice and Men constantly throughout the year, but at the same time, I I don't get that album experience with them. And, you know, that's something that selfishly I think I would have preferred over just having these, like, um, you know, little portions here and there that eventually lead to a full album. But either way, what's done is done. It doesn't really matter. Um, Tile Track Echo is great echo the record drops on friday go check it out when y'all are able to brand new single out right now from deburg called lost your love DeBerg as in James DeBerg as in the vocalist of Thousand Below. I believe I've gone over that already, but I'm just going to do it again. Um, Thousand Below being a band that I wish was more active this year, but, you know, whatever it is that they're going to be doing in 2022, let's fucking go. Uh, same thing with DeBerg and his solo material. DeBerg is fucking uh, outstanding, and I don't think he's missed on anything he's done, whether it be as part of Thousand Below or just with his solo stuff. It, dude is on point every fucking time. Um, with Lost Your Love, I get like kind of, like, certain hints of Chase Atlantic when I'm hearing this track, um, just, I guess, like, that, that somberness and the way that it feels, like, so clouded with this electronic vibe, and, um, again, the way that DeBerg, like, his flow is, like, both immaculate, but also, it's like he can kind of morph his, uh, delivery and flow to, like, whatever is going on in the backing track, and obviously, that's what everybody in the hip-hop genre should be doing, but, they don't always do it, so for DeBerg to just kind of have like this natural flow to him, I think is very admirable. And again, whatever he's going to be doing in 2022, Thousand Below, or more solo stuff, dude's not going to miss for anything. I don't think I've given South Cult their flowers on this show to the extent that I really, really should, because they are one of the standout breakout bands of 2021, in my opinion. And that was further cemented in my head with this new single of theirs called Perfect Blue. This is set to be part of Soft Cult's second EP called Year of the Snake, dropping on February 8th uh through easy life records and there's a quote from uh mercedes and phoenix Arnhorn, who are the the two members of soft cult about like the the meaning of perfect blue that i want to just like kind of get into briefly we wrote perfect blue about a time in our lives when we felt like nothing was in our control in our previous project we were signed to a label that butted heads with us creativ- creatively and wasn't allowing us to express ourselves authentically they weren't interested in the music we were creating at the time, so we became unhealthily obsessed with trying to please them to release anything at all. And that project of theirs they're referring to is Courage My Love, which I really, really enjoy. So it is a shame to know that, you know, there's this history that the two sisters have with, um, not being able to like fulfill their creative minds through Courage My Love. Um, but I really hope that's what they're getting, uh, across with Soft Cult, and I hope that Soft Cult is giving them that like platform and that pathway for them to just let their let, like let, let their creative energy flow, and I think that's all that they've been able to do this year is just be these uh like just really um I I guess why I said previously like like these standout, these breakout artists um Perfect Blue I really really enjoy the like really laid back kind of indie almost like Deftones esque vibe that it has going for it um it's just like so easy to kind of like like i can imagine like just like lying back on the ground and just looking up at like stars and just letting the tones of soft cult and perfect blue just engulf my mind and you know that's that's a really really cool energy that is resonating through this track and again soft cult the entire year they did everything right and i feel guilty for not gassing them up enough whenever i have the chance to on this show The last single that I'm going to go in detail on for this chapter comes from Days Like These, and it is called Luna.
1: Luna, Luna,
0: Days Like These had an EP from back in May, it was called Wide Awake, and... I admittedly, I think it was like kind of forgettable, but I did enjoy it in the moment that I listened to it and the time that I got to spend with it initially back then. Um, I feel like in the long run, though, Luna has a better chance at leaving a lasting impression on me than that entire EP. Luna is like really catchy and so vibrant and infectious with the way that it's like structured and it lays out the the vocals and the instrumentation and the way that everything kind of blends together. It, it makes for this really, really cool and just, like, um, just really, like, pop song that I, I, I think anybody who is into, like, whether it be, like, alternative-based stuff or pop-based uh, stuff, you can really sink your teeth into Luna. And towards the end of the song, it kind of, uh, it gives the instrumentation a real big platform to shine. And maybe not as technical, but it reminds me of Polyphia back on Renaissance. And that was like this connection that I was able to establish and it really did a lot to help sell me on Luna and the idea that this very well could be the best days like the song I've listened to this year. So now I will just briefly make mention of the remaining singles that I didn't give dedicated time to on this show, but I said on social media that I like them. Full Fathom 5 by Atlantis Chronicles. Drowning by Causality. Entropy by Ghostwish. Good Enough by Led by Lanterns featuring Mercedes Arnhorn from Soft Cult, The Lake of Twisted Limbs by Pride Lands, Resurface by Repriver Invictus Unto Fire by The Last 10 Seconds of Life IWGFU by Tiger Cub Departure by Virtues and All Right by Young Pitch featuring Big Head. There were no singles I said that I didn't like or didn't mind, so you know, even with uh kind of less material than usual to work with, I still thought every artist who put something out last week had something to be very, very proud of. And on the subject of being proud of something, I want to get into the one sole record from last week for me to talk about on this show, and I, it's a little bit bittersweet because this is the final record that I'm reviewing as part of the weekly episode um, so everything that's coming out this Friday, December 3rd, it's not getting a dedicated episode. If I like a record enough, it has to be on the top 50 list for me to talk about it. Um, and I I feel really, really good about this one being the quote-unquote closer for the year for Ulterior. Um, there was just a lot for me as a listener to be proud of, for I think the rest of the band's audience to be proud of and most importantly for the band members themselves to be proud of. And so we have the new record from Imminence called Heaven in Hiding. Here is where I'm going to start with my, um, I guess, history with Eminence. Um, so they had a record in 2019 called Turn the Light On. What stuck out to me the most about that record before ever giving it like a fair chance to listen to it was the artwork. I thought the artwork for Turn the Light On was just this really beautiful yet chaotic, like just um, mixture of these different things and it's like flowers and then some of them look like kind of at least to me distorted and like there's so much going on yet there's this unison among every object found on that artwork and i i didn't go out of my way to listen to the record back then initially but i do remember seeing the artwork and just thinking like god that is fucking outstanding and then at the end of 2019, um, Sam and Marcos from the Save the Scene did what they normally do, which is the um, the year end stuff. And they had their episode about the top 10 plus two runner up records or albums of 2019. Um, cheap plug for them, by the way. Uh, they're going to be doing some of their own content for year end stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Go check them out. They are some quality dudes putting out quality content. And uh, you know, without them, I don't, I, I'm not putting out my own shit. So. Yeah, go give them some love when the time comes. Um, but anyways, Sam actually had Turn the Light On as his album of the year for 2019. And in his, like, explanation for that, he said that they had a better year in 2019 than Bring Me the Horizon. Bring Me the Horizon dropped Amo in 2019, my favorite record of all fucking time. So I, I was like, cap. Uh, absolute fucking cap. I don't care who imminents are, I don't care how good they are, they did not have a better year than Bring Horizon. And that was such a bad mindset for me to go into Turn Light On, having, because I was already like, um, it's not better than Amo. it's not better than Amo. Well, of course it's not. Um, or, or at least of course I'm not going to believe that's better than Amo when Amo is everything that I love about music and it represents everything that I, like, stand for as a human, just in general. Um, but, I still thought "Turn the Line On" was actually really, really good. Um, there's a song on there called, I believe it's called Scars. Let me check to make sure. Um, yeah, Scars. Uh, I went back to that song so much throughout 2020. And it was the kind of song that like, you know, when it comes up on shuffle, I don't feel any need to skip it. I, I don't feel like there is any mood. I can't listen to that song in. And that's the testament to a, a, an amazing track and a track that I felt like really, really exemplified what Imminent could do. So I had a lot of reasons to anticipate new material from them because I thought there was something with Turn the Light On to build upon and capitalize on and deliver something really, really extraordinary. Um, April, I th- maybe it was May, but I kind of feel like it was April because I vaguely remember talking about it on the show back when I was doing a god awful job at talking about singles and i kept everybody here for like two fucking hours i'm really really sorry if you heard any of those uh episodes or chapters whatever um but anyways temptation was the lead single for uh heaven and hiding and i remember hearing it and thinking like okay they they have my attention they already did but they have it even more so now um one of the things about temptation that i think made it such such a good uh lead single for heaven and hiding is that it's It really, really shows off not only Eddie Berg's like just amazing vocals, but also his ability as a violinist, and not just like his ability to play a violin, but the way that he's able to integrate it into songs, metalcore songs for that matter, and not have it feel like forced or cheesy or anything like that. It doesn't feel gimmicky. the 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 violin feels like it belongs there, and then you factor in the breakdown that closes Temptation, and you had this incredible song that like just kind of made it clear from the beginning that 2021 was going to be minutes' year. The title track, Heaven and Hiding, was the next single to follow that. And this one went into a completely different direction from Temptation in the sense that Eddie was kind of given more freedom to just really let his cleans shine on this track. And it's kind of like what I said earlier about A Mice and Men and what I've been saying about A Mice and Men this whole year. And how I really enjoy those moments where Aaron can kind of like scale a song back and just let his voice carry it. And then he goes into like a heavier chorus. That is pretty much what happens with Heaven and Hiding. But again, Eddie is a fucking master at knowing like when is the right time to sing? When is the right time to scream? He just has that mapped out to perfection. And just like Temptation, Heaven and Hiding has a breakdown towards the end of it that just really, like, kind of brings everything together and lets imminence shine once again. Um The third single, Ghost. I did not give this song enough appreciation and love when it dropped. I It was in scenic overlook when it came out, but I didn't really, like, um let me see. I didn't let it live in my head until this past weekend and I cannot get enough of Ghost. I think it has a real chance of being, in my opinion, the best song on Heaven and Hiding. The chorus is just out of this fucking world, dude. It is so catchy and powerful and emphatic, and just the way that Eddie delivers the line, can you tell my Ghost that he doesn't belong here anymore? That element alone makes Ghost one of the most remarkable and noteworthy and standout songs on a record that I think is just flooded with other tracks that fit that bill. And then the music video for Chasing Shadows had, um, that song as well as Alleviate as part of the package. Chasing Shadows, it does what I said before about like having, uh, that space for Eddie to just like let his soothing voice just comfort the listener and then there are the uh, the um the section why can't i fucking talk the sections in that song that like showcase imminence as one of the most elite metalcore bands in the scene right now and then alleviate i god man i just talked about ghost maybe being the best song on this record forgetting about alleviate alleviate is everything that i come to a band like imminence for The the, the beauty of those verses, dude, like, I just, I can't express it enough. When Eddie is just on top of his fucking shit, and not only, like, when it comes to vocals, but just the violin, too, like, motherfucker, like, I, I played violin when I was in orchestra in, like, fucking sixth grade and seventh grade, and, god, maybe, if I had stuck with it, could I have been in a metalcore band? Like, that's a real thought that I have now. And I, Eddie Berg gets to live my fucking dream that I didn't know was my dream, um, but he's doing a much better job at it than I could have. So, you know, maybe it's not a soul loss. Um, something else that I want to point out about Heaven in Hiding is the opening song. I am become a name, which is not grammatically correct, but I'm not going to try and say shit about that when I am become a name is as fucking masterful as it is. So this is a song that like really kind of builds itself up. It's just an intro track, but it, it kind of like, if, if you're, coming into the imminence with Heaven in Hiding for the first time ever, I would say that I Am Become a Name kind of gives you, like, this false sense of what the record is going to be because it's just, you know, the, this really enchanting sound going all the way through it. Um, Some, like, pulsating rhythms here and there, but then towards the end of it, you hear, like, these, like, distortion sounds, and it's, like, that enchanting tone that I was talking about right now, it's suddenly engulfed with, like, this, like, almost, like, Horror-based thing going for I Am Become a Name, and at that point, if you're coming into this for the, if you're coming into this for the first time as an Imminence listener, you might not have any idea what to expect after getting through that opening song. I think if you're primarily interested in like the metalcore nature of Imminence, then songs like Surrender and moth to a Flame give you exactly what it is that you're looking for. Whereas Enslaved does another stellar job at kind of finding that balance I was mentioning before. Um, the song Disappear. I'm gonna say this, and I don't know if like uh anyone listening would see this as like a compliment or an insult, but I promise it's not like it- it's just a train of thought. Um Disappear reminded me of Breaking Benjamin in a way. And not that it's like a straightforward song, uh like Breaking Benjamin, but there's just something about like the the melody to it and the way that Eddie delivers his vocals and just the, the the structure of disappear that kind of puts me in that realm um lost and left behind so this was number one in scenic overlook this past weekend and that means that it is going to be in the top 100 songs of the year list coming out next week um lost and left behind it it's so like just soothing and just beautiful all throughout it and then even in the chorus when it gets kind of heavier it it still feels like kind of tame but like in the best way imaginable to apply the term tame to anything and then in the, the chorus when there are no vocals um it's like Eddie's voice is replaced by the violin and the way that the violin fits into the melody of the song again just fucking incredible and one of the the highlights of the record when it comes to the implementation of the violin um there's a song where the title of it is in Persian what it says is "Inis boigzarad." I hope I said that correctly, and that translates to This Too Shall Pass. Um, that is the only song on the record where it's just clean vocals. No screaming from Eddie, it's just his cleans, and it feels like, like as if it was meant to be an interlude, but there is so much life and character and personality to this song that calling it anything but, like, its own track feels so disrespectful to the, the, the work that Eminence put into crafting that song and just the the effect, uh, effectiveness of it. And, like, it's so different from anything else on Heaven and Hiding, yet it might be one of the better songs on it, if I'm being honest. um And I, I think it's another testament to just the the diversity found within this band and the range that they have and like how not afraid they are to take a chance on something like that song and throw it into a primarily metalcore record and i guess that like fits into the overall nature of the band from the beginning because like having violin be a like a primary focus of a metalcore band that feels like it it feels like something that could kind of go wrong easily but Eminence have done everything right, like I said earlier, and there's just, like, th- there is no element whatsoever to this record that I think failed in any way. There's nothing here that I think didn't work. I think that what Imminence did with Heaven in Hiding is something that really, really needs to be admired. Um, the Metalcore scene, for as fucking tacky as the community can be, and, like, they... Metalcore fans, is this really what I want to go down? Hmm. Fuck it. Um, Metalcore fans have the tendency to gas up the most fucking plain, generic, vanilla bands ever. I- I- if you have the energy to do that, you. Better fucking have the energy to gas up Imminence and talk about them the way that you do all those other weird-ass bands. Because Eminence are actually doing something that feels like um so vital and important to where we are as a metalcore scene or where we should be. We should be giving bands like Eminence a platform to elevate themselves to wherever it is they want to take their careers. And a record like Heaven and Hiding shows that they... Uh, they have all of the potential to be the future of the scene. And granted, you know, there are so many factors that go into that. It's not just what they do. It's what the audience does. It's what, like, management and labels and all this other shit, like, it comes down to so many different factors. But if it just came down to imminence and their abilities and their talent, they would be the biggest fucking metalcore band in the world. I truly, truly believe that. And that's it. Literally, genuinely, that was it. Not just for this week, but for the year. That was every album and single and EP that I had to talk about in 2021. Um, granted, you know, it's not the actual end because there are still the, um, the top 100 songs and then the top 50 records, but, you know, this is it. I, I'm not going to have to come back on a podcast and talk about new singles and new records until January. And, uh, I don't know, man. It feels strange. Um, you know, I, I... Obviously, this hasn't really, like, been my year. I didn't start the podcast until April. And then after my cat Mikasa passed away in May, I was just so on and off for many weeks. And you know, I don't know if whoever's, whoever's listening to this, I don't know if you thought like, oh, maybe he'll put up an episode this week. Maybe he won't. Um, what I would like to believe is that I have built this trust between myself and whoever is on the other end of this podcast. Um, I I would like to think that all of you listening, you trust me that I'm going to put up something every week because I've been going consistently since the middle of August. So I'm at like, three and a half months of just uploading content at least once a week. And that's a big deal for me because I'm not usually like a motivated or a driven person. So to just like get off my ass and do this every single week, it does help me. And I kind of think I would be in a worse position mentally if I didn't have this outlet to just come on here every week and talk to, you know, five people or 10 people or a, a, a complete black hole void about music but regardless i feel like you know i've i I definitely did not do everything i wanted to this year 2022 is where i i had the ability to kind of do what it is i want to do because there will be records and singles that i talk about for the next two weeks that i didn't mention on a podcast because i either wasn't doing it yet or i was taking that extended mental health break um But yeah, um, okay, so what's going to happen now is, uh, instead of playing the usual outro clip, I'm going to start a yearly tradition right now, and I'm going to play in full my favorite reimagining of the year. For those who don't know, reimagining can translate to just like acoustic song or like um a piano rendition or just something of like uh, an existing song that was reworked. Let me put it that way. Um, So I guess you can call this like the first award of the year for Ulterior. Um, so I want to do this every year where on the last full weekly episode of the year, I finish it with my favorite reimagining of the year. So after I give the... Um, the usual catchphrase to close things out. I am going to play in its entirety the acoustic version of Babylon by Normandy. And yeah, that's where we're gonna end it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this chapter. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene. I could
1: be right, I could be wrong. Couldn't care at all Saving my life or wasting my time Won't make a difference We dig so deep We've gone through the bottom Fast asleep, We're awake and inside I'm, I know We keep on building up, building up, building up Enough isn't good enough, good enough, good enough The higher the climb, the harder the fall But something is better than nothing at all now we go Breathing out, breathe out, breathe out Enough isn't good enough, good enough, good enough.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to anything I've done this year. And please enjoy the next two weeks of the show. This one's for Mikasa. I love you. I miss you. And for the person who has kept me going throughout all this, I love you too.